Welcome to episode 45 of the Cape Watch podcast with me, Chris Kendall. I'm uh, an official of the European Union, um, which means a civil servant, but at the European level. Um, but that's purely besides the point, um, because I'm, I'm podcasting in a purely personal capacity. And um, with... Personal capacity. Pick up a penguin. <laughs> and with me across the table from me is... I'm Steve Bullock. Uh, I used to negotiate for the UK in the EU, and uh, now I—I I don't know why I do really. You pretend slouch to be about a, the, <laughs> slouch about the place generally. Yeah. You, pretend, you pretend to be a recording studio manager, but what you are is actually an artist who composes ambient rock in his pants. <laughs> yes, yeah. Lately, yes, yes, and occasionally a pint on breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, this week we're recording in my kitchen. Which is gurgling. Yeah. It's <laughs> weird fr- noises. Cracking Belgian plumbing going on here, actually. Yeah, it's very good. It's Belgian, man. Yeah. Belgian. Yeah. These things happen. Yeah. Um, but we've been out for, um, for, for a, a drink and a pizza with mm-hmm. our friend Ian Bond of uh, Centre for European Reform fame, a previous guest on the podcast. Um, but it's just us. And we are doing a super short one today because everything's moving so fast that we <laughs> hope to do... bollocks anyway to right. tomorrow night. <laughs> so we, we hope to do another one later in the week. Um, we might not, but anyway, we're going to do this one now and see where we get to. Yeah, but we, right. hope, to ha- we hope to have a sort of cake, uh, a bit of a cake watch special later in yeah, the week. Hopefully. A bit of a special. If it yeah. comes off, yeah. yeah. But yeah, um, how many days away are we from Brexit, Steve? Oh, um, was it... Uh, nine? No, eleven. That was it. It's, it's not not enough. Well, it's a week on Friday, isn't it? Yeah. It's Tuesday. Yeah. And it's a week on Friday. Yeah. So it's, I, I wish you wouldn't ask me these maths questions. Just that did the budget doesn't mean I can do arithmetic. Was it? Yeah. So it's eleven. Uh, ten days then. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's too soon. It's it's scary. So it's all a little bit surreal. I mean, honestly, it is a bit surreal, isn't it? Don't well, you? because it doesn't it doesn't feel like it's going to happen because what was meant to happen is that the deal was agreed and there was a bit of a rush to put legislation in place and ooh will they get all the administrative stuff sorted out in time for a what is essentially a standstill transition period um and uh yeah none of that none of that's happened no. so we've got no idea 10 day, 10 days away yeah. we have no idea what the UK's basis with its of, for relations with its biggest uh, neighbour, nearly fifty yeah. percent of its economy will yeah. be, but also no, you know, no, no idea what our trade agreements will be with no. most countries. And, no. Yeah, we've still, got no idea. it's still utterly. I mean, it's it's un, nobody could have predicted this nine or ten days out. It's completely unreal. We, it, it, everything is still possible. Everything's still possible. We but could we could remain. We could leave with a hard Brexit. We could have... It's, it's unreal. But it's a nation. I mean, imagine if... Yeah, I mean, imagine if, God forbid, you were in the position where you didn't know... I don't know people will have been. I've been pretty close to it. Where you didn't know where you were going to live in 10... You know, in 10 days. Mm. 
that your your lease was up and you hadn't managed to find somewhere else or, or you know imagine the panic you'd have and you would you'd absolutely you absolutely would you have no plan B it's not like you, you could no always plan, have a room yeah. at your mum's yeah and, and, and it, people do find themselves in these situations and it, it's horrendous and our leaders have conspired to put the entire fucking country in this situation it's it's truly beyond belief it's really it's very unreal last night I um, so I drove back as usual on, on Monday night mm. and I drove back last night on the N20 and they finished most of the Operation Brock works so um, the, the new lane for the lorry park is already there yeah um the so, sat-nav was already directing me off on a different road. Um, so I was travelling down this empty motorway. I mean, it was bizarre. It was empty. Though I think the freight had all gone and gone somewhere else. It was an empty motorway. I had a super smooth travel, you know, journey down. The fifth and biggest, sixth biggest economy in the world has transformed it's one of its main arterial yeah. routes into a lorry park. Yeah. And nobody it, gives a shit. It's just surreal. But nobody cares. Nobody gives a shit, huh? We are living through the most surreal period in our history. It's really... In our, certainly in our, li- in our living memory. But you think of the things the governments have come under horrendous fire for, and we, you know, we've, there's been talk of governments falling, and so you know, think of ma- the major government and yeah. sleeves and stuff like that. Remember the Cones hotline? Yeah. You, you think of these things. Yeah. But this is totally existential. Every day. I mean, every, every couple of hours. And then, you know, and then you see... Even the Guardian, not just the even the Guardian today, when it was commenting about um, the possibility of having to take part in European elections, ended the piece with, "Oh, and it would cost a hundred million pounds if we hundred million, yeah." As if, you know, how many M twenty lorry parks could you buy from it for you know? Hundred million pounds is a drop in the ocean compared to what well, they've already spent on. Well, the that's well, actually well. That that that's that's. There's a new measure. You know how the measure of public sector pay of all was the prime minister a grayling. So, yeah. So now there's a grayling with thirty three million thirty three million in public funds. Have they added the twenty six that he's got to pay for the? Um... Well, there's discussion about that actually. Uh, Fiona, well, just two thirds of a grayling. Fiona, a, a, a Twitter correspondent of mine who's fantastic, fascinated for fun, who's brilliant tweeter. Fascinating, Fiona. Yeah. Um, uh, pointed out that it's not 33, actually, that it, yeah. that it, that it should be 55 yeah. once you, once you yeah. add in the excess. Yeah. But yeah, it's a new unit of measurement of public spending. So yeah. it's only two grailings. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, it's fucking hell. It's less than we give to the EU every week, yeah. even using real figures. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, that's another... I mean, I think the idea that expense or not thinking that you like the result uh, or... Uh, convenience or the political difficulties it creates for political parties or or even the administrative and political difficulties it creates for the European Parliament in terms of group, groups and so on can never be excuses for not holding an election. Mm. If the UK is a member they must have, of the course. people must have representation. Yeah. Um, and as, I mean well we can talk about this more but I mean, what's the point in a Three month extension. To be honest, yeah. I mean, what's gonna what's gonna change? There's well, not going to be a renegotiation. No, the only point in a three month extension would simply be to put you know, line your ducks up in a row so that you can shoot them all and go and Brexit without a deal. Yeah, yeah, That's absolutely. The only point too, yeah. I mean, uh, no. I mean, presumably the whips up whips have used up their little black book on everyone by yeah. now anyway. Yeah. So yeah, uh, 
what's the point in a three-month suspension? So it has to be longer. Can you hear my sink? Yeah, I can hear you. What the hell is everyone can, everyone can hear your sink. What is happening to my sink? Chris's, Chris's sink is... I have a haunted sink. It's, it's making noises like my stomach makes the night after, <laughs> the night after a heavy, heavy Guinness session. I can't believe this sink. Shall we just... Let's we'll just, just pretend we'll just, that it's no, we'll just, no, yeah. Dear listeners, sorry about the gurgling noises. It's Chris's sink. It's, oh, it's not my stomach, I promise. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Listen, yeah, we'll, um, no, sorry, go on. Shall we do some follow-up before we... Yes, before we launch in. Um, so the first bit of follow-up I want to do is about your music. Ah. Everybody loved it. Well, it was everybody, the seven or eight people who tweeted about, yeah. tweeted about it. But that was lov- that was really, really lovely of them too. They didn't have to. didn't tweet lovely. about it. I hated it. Yeah, absolutely. That's what you have but, to assume. Um, but no, people liked it a lot. No, I'm so. really glad people liked. I'm really glad people liked it. So I put a few people had sent me requests for be, to be able to download it. Hmm. Um, so I've put. Uh, I did have a SoundCloud page which I've never mentioned <laughs> before, which is for my recording studio. Uh, I didn't. I never thought it was particularly fair to promote it, but. Um, but no, I've put that track plus a new track um, called Mango Hope um, on as well, which is in a sort of similar similar vein. The reason it's called that is because it's a major key song and it's intended to be a little bit hopeful. Um, and it was recorded the day that a really good friend of mine, Steve Jones, had his baby. And when the baby, before the baby was born, the, the nickname that they'd given it was Mango. Um, Wait, was it was it particularly orange or something? No, no, before it was born. You know, you give the unborn child, you often give it a nickname. <laughs> Do you? Yeah, yeah. I was like, like not informed. Yeah, like with Magnus, it was Faz, or you call it Bump, or you call it... Ah. You know, you can't call it, just go around calling it It, oh. when it hasn't been named. Well, I think no? we kind of did. I don't know. Well, this is quite... Go on Mum's Night, Chris. If you went on Mum's... Spent more time on Mum's Night and less time on time Twitter, Twitter. <laughs> you'd know these things. Um, huh. Yeah, so I called it... So, yeah, I thought it was a nice name anyway. Oh, that's nice. Um, but also, yeah, I was, I was literally sat down to record it, and as I was about to start, I got a WhatsApp message from my friend Steve saying that uh, he'd been born. Actually, it's called Ziggy, which is also very... Ziggy? Yeah, which is also very... No, sorry, no, he's not called Ziggy. Sorry, he's called Marley, which I think is an incredibly cool name as well. Uh, not Ziggy, but Marley. Marley, yeah. Um, like the dog in the film. No, like the bob in the reggae. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I see. Chris and I come from different worlds here. <laughs> this, is, this is where it becomes clear. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, so that, they're up, and um, I'm tentative. We talked about the name of it last week, and I'm tentatively calling it Brexit Music for a Film. We got is, a lot of good name suggestions. We did that, get a lot yeah. of good name suggestions, but I'm a huge Radiohead fan, and they have a song called Exit Music for a Film. Oh, I didn't know that. You see, that completely possible. Yeah, which I believe was written originally for Baz Luhrmann's uh, Romeo and Juliet, but I think didn't either didn't get used or was just used on the final titles. Um, but yeah, so but also oh. if you listen to it and you like Radiohead. You'll hear a lot of Radiohead in it, so I thought it was a good good name for it. Uh, okay. Well, anyway, either way, um, it was very good and everybody liked it. So that's the bit, that bit of follow-up done. <laughs> <laughs> Which of all you wanted to say, really. <laughs> well, I mean, I, yeah. I'm still smarting from the fact that you used some cross-stitch as your <laughs> album. Instead <art>. of knitting. <laughs> 
I literally just Google image searched for fuck's sake, and that was what came up. So okay, all right, <laughs> uh, okay. Um, next bit of follow up um, is just simply to comment on the fact that last week's episode was. We we really should have thought this one through. It was recorded at the worst possible moment because, of course, it was literally overtaken. We we it has know, like the half life of plutonium, and we it? knew <laughs> this because it was a week where we had three days of important parliamentary business. And we did it after day one, and we did it after day one, which yeah. was a really stupid thing to have done. So we were very we were overtaken very quick. But we had to because we had to beat. We knew the the Romaniacs yeah. and the New European podcast and. Um, uh, the other the other Brexit podcast would all be done on Wednesday or Thursday that week. Yeah. So if we were going to get out before, because there's no point in competing with them because they're better. So all we can do is plug a hole. We can't we can't we can't compete. It's it's senseless. Do you know to you say that? But I think we're better than the European. I like them, but I think we're better than them. Well, I think we should edit this bit out. I don't think it's nice to diss your. Um, I'm not dissing them. I'm just stating the fact that we are. <laughs> we have higher production values. Well, I've, well, yes. No, we do because um, one of them never speaks into a microphone. I've, I've noticed it's yeah. really annoying. You should give them listener feedback through the website. And also, they they their banter game is. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I'll stop. Um, um, no, I I wanted to pull out the key um, anachronism yes. in our. Um, in our, in our podcast last week, the, the bit that was overtaken the most quickly. It was the bit where we were really outraged. We, we sat there. Chumps oh, that we are. Chumps that we are. We sat there getting indignant about the fact that Theresa May and the government were not whipping against the no-deal Brexit. We couldn't believe that they would not yeah. whip against no-deal. Little did we know. And little did we know that less than fewer than 24 hours later... They would be whipping for no deal. Yes, <laughs> but there was thing that we missed at the time. Well, that Stephen Barclay um, spoke. The Bre- he's the Brexit secretary. Everyone will have forgotten that because oh, yeah. nobody can remember who the Brexit secretary. Okay. Is they come and go. Um, had had made a, a quite good speech about the dangers of no deal, and then voted for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So like we were talking about. They really will just say and do whatever happens. Mm. To seem the most expedient at the given moment, eh? which brings us to the stuff that we should talk about. So, where we are at the moment is we're, we're recording on Tuesday evening. Um, today was to have been the meaningful vote three, which is why we scheduled recording today. Yeah, and meaningful <laughs> vote three has not happened because um, the speaker ruled that it couldn't happen, just as was um, predicted or at least discussed last week. And then everybody thought, well, no, if they're going to have an amendment that rules out a third meaningful vote and that amendment is defeated then it's unlikely that the speaker's going to come in and say well regardless I'm still saying you can't have one yeah but he did we did yes absolutely and I think you know honestly it's hard to fault the logic no I mean having not not having read that paragraph of Erskine May's guide to parliamentary procedure is that, is that sort of northeast pronunciation of Erskine Erskine uh, yes, Erskine. 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 Erskine Antiques. There's an, there's an Erskine. I know this because there's an Erskine Antiques in South Shields, and it's definitely called Erskine Antiques, and it's on Erskine Road, and that road is pronounced Erskine Road. If you're from South Shields. Well, yeah, but that, I mean, that's where everything comes from, so. 
So anyway, so Erskine May. <laughs> the Guide to Parliamentary Procedure. Having, uh, yes, I was aware of his existence as a sometime Baltic scholar, but not au fait with each paragraph. But having read that paragraph, it does seem to be the meaning of it, yeah. actually. So there's a lot of speculation that you could, you could just change the wording. You know, you couldn't, bring, you couldn't bring a motion with the same wording. And that seems to have been what the government was assuming and relying upon. Um, and actually, that's not what Erskine May says. It says meaning. Same meaning, yeah. not same wording, and it's quite specific on that. On that, actually, so it's not, it's not an, un, un, it doesn't appear to me to be a unreasonable interpretation of it. I, I, although everybody suddenly turned into a constitutional expert, people like me who have never actually read a word of Erskine May before, um, have been a pining left, right, and centre. I saw a Twitter poll, in which about three and a half thousand people had voted as to whether John Burke was right or not to do this and I was thinking well what I take from this is that and it was about 92% that he was right and 4% don't know and so what I take from this is that 4% of people who've answered this aren't liars and aren't pretending to be constitutional experts I hate to it suppose but it's but it must but you said earlier in the pub I mean this must this whole thing is the best argument ever for a written codified constitution yeah yeah I mean, it's, Brexit, it's such an anachronism. Yeah, I mean, full stop. Yeah, is, but, absolutely. Yeah. Every, everything that happens makes you think, God, if only we had a written constitution. So, what, But what does this mean? What does this mean for us? What does this mean for Remain? Is this a good thing or a bad thing? Because, I mean, obviously, Remainers have said, this is a fantastic thing. And the, at the same time, the ERG have said, this is a fantastic thing. Um, and the government said, what's going on? We don't understand. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, is this a good... I, I, I haven't decided. Well, I mean, I think... So... So the main thing, I think, to take away from this is that... Um, the meaningful vote can't take place, according to John Burko. Now... Unless... <laughs> so... Un- okay. Yeah, unless, 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 unless. So... The, unless the, 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 first, the first thing... The first thing to say is that it is almost certain that she will try and bring it back in some form, somehow or other. Well, there's one way of doing. It. There's one way of doing it, which is to have a motion suspending the rules of the house. Yeah. And if people vote for that, knowing that they're voting for that, so that it can be a meaningful vote, then that's the will of that's the will of the house. Yeah, but as Nick Balls and the house is within rights to do that. Yeah. The speaker said that. But why? What if you were going to vote against the meaningful vote? Why would you vote for? No, but that's exactly it. If, if the meaningful vote was going to pass, then presumably that would pass. And yeah. um, so, if that passes, then we could expect a meaningful vote, and there's a high likelihood it will pass. If that didn't pass, but when's she going to bring it then? Well, I think they can bring it whenever they want. The government controls the time. Well, you so. say that, but we've only got nine days left. Well, yeah. I mean, it doesn't make <laughs> so the not going to be much use yeah, it hasn't made the slightest bit Friday, of difference. is it? It hasn't made the slightest bit of difference to them so far. Well, anything, I mean, so. If, 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 if they bring a meaningful vote on the withdrawal agreement after the withdrawal agreement has ceased to exist, that, well, it then it doesn't cease to exist pointless. on Friday, though. On Friday week, yes, it does. On Friday week, yes, yes. yes. Yeah. Not on Friday, yeah. though. No, not yeah. this Friday, but on Friday week it does. No, well, the thought, thought is that they'd bring it after the summit. Um, and they could use the... They could use the... If, which we'll come to, EU27 grant an extension, um, that could be the thing that's significantly different to the 
to the previous the meaning of the previous motion. The fact that what the fact that there's an extension. So they accompany an extension. See, I, I don't think that, that is significantly different. Mm, it's pretty significant. The ter- it's, it's oh, it doesn't pretty, change it's anything. Different. It doesn't change anything of substance in the withdrawal agreement. Well, but it also require it would also mean Parliament giving its assent to the agreement on the extension. So, I think I think that's something. There's a, there's a case to be had there. I, I mean, I don't know, but there's a case to be had. So the, the idea is that you have one last go at it, but then bring it back in April or April after that. So there's a uh, somebody, I think it was, now who was it? It was probably Ian Dunkford normally has pointed out that there's basically a deadline around about the 11th of April to, to bring legislation for the European elections. Um, so the idea would be for her to try and get it through before then. Uh, so that she could then not bring legislation for the European elections. But what does seem clear is that she isn't going to accept defeat mm. over the withdrawal agreement and look for some compromise way no. out. No, that's, because what, what a sensible strategist, what a sensible tactician, what a reasonable person would do in this situation is say, you know what, this withdrawal agreement isn't going to happen. I've got the following options. Option one, revoke. Option two, crash out without a deal. Option three, seek an extension saying, you know what, um, I'm going to change my red lines. Uh, I'm Tweak the political declaration. Yeah, I'm going, to, I'm going to do something which means that we can bring this back saying that it's been substantively changed. Yeah, we've got single market. Yeah. Those are the three yeah. options. None of those three options are going to fly for her because um, no deal has been ruled out by Parliament. Um, which doesn't she, mean it can't happen. No, of course, but yeah. you know, it means that she uh, is unlikely to say, I am actively going for no deal. Um, I'm not sure about that. Well, we'll come to that. Yeah. But um, option two isn't going to happen because she said, oh, there's no way I'm revoking. You can fuck off with that. Yeah, she said that today, yeah. that, so what she, was, that she would not countenance yeah, revoking. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And option three isn't going to work because they're her red lines and she's not going to yeah. shift on, on freedom of movement. Even though she made them up not really understanding yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So um, all that's left is... Um, unicorn pie, or a long extension for a ratify versus remain referendum. Well, but, but she's, she's not. Ne- but she's not. Ne- but she's not. Yeah, that, I mean, this is the thing. She's not going to do that, and we now know that Labour will only uh, will only agree to a referendum if May's deal passes, because they still believe that they can have a general election well, today, and negotiate yeah, so, a substantially different deal, which they can't. So, so on that, so today, that was going to be today, wasn't it? Today was going to be the day that Labour finally deliver on this thing with their what's it, Facebook, what's it, um, uh, uh, amendment. Yeah, they've, well, rolled, they've rolled back from it. The point of an amendment, well, they, have, they, they haven't got any choice to, but to roll back from it, because you can't introduce an amendment... If there's nothing yeah, they can to roll, amend. Yeah, okay, you can ro- you roll back from introducing the amendment. They've rolled back from the meaning of the amendment as well. Well, um, my I mean, understanding their pol- was... Their policy, what came out... So there was a me- cross-party meeting today, and what came out from it was that Labour are saying we want the cl- want a, a close, close relationship with a single market and a customs union with the UK having mm. a say in it. Um, if May's deal was agreed, then we would campaign for a second referendum, which is totally bogus. You can... Agree, Mays, you could agree the deal congruent with an amendment saying that it has to that to, to, to be ratified, it has to be put to, it has to be put to a to a referendum. You could make an amendment to the motion saying that. That's not agreeing to the PM's deal and then campaigning for it to be and then campaigning for it to, and then campaigning for it to be uh, for there to be a referendum on it. If it's agreed and there isn't a re- if it were agreed and there wasn't an amendment for it, that would mean we were leaving on that deal. 
um, it's ridiculous to say we'll pass it if it pa- if it happens to pass we'll then campaign for a referendum. But hang on, I thought that the point was that they were going to back the amendment that said we will pass your deal on condition that it's put to a whatever they call it. They're not calling it a referendum; they're calling it. A what came out of the the cross party meeting today was that they wouldn't. That they wouldn't even do that. Well, that's not their policy. Their policy remains to. Uh, to try to get a, a different future, a different relationship. Yeah, absolutely. So they've they've reneged on. Yeah, reneged. yeah. I mean, they are. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, he's playing the long game, though, isn't he? With ten days to go. So. Well, I um, listeners, the look on my face mm. is one that you wouldn't want to show your kids. For those watching in black and white, Chris is scowling. <laughs> he's looking mightily pissed off. No, but I think the way around, the way around was always to circumvent both front benches. Yeah. To be honest, um, it, it it has to be. But how do you do that? Well, with a, with an with an amendment where the only people who where the people who vote against it are the ERG, the government, and the uh, and the Labour Party front bench. Yeah, but right. to have an amendment, you need something to amend, and right now. No, no, that's right. Yeah, well, of course, there's nothing to amend. That's why. That's why I'm not. Uh, it's not clear to me yet whether this is. A, Necessarily a good thing or a, a bad thing in terms of remain. It, it depends on what it depends on what uh, what extension we get. So Barnier today was saying that an extent a longer extension. I mean Barnier doesn't speak for the EU. Um, the European Council speaks for the mm-hmm. EU on this. But what Barnier says is highly influential, and they are likely yeah. to listen to him. What Barnier was saying was. Um, he can't see how you can have an extension, a long extension, without substantive changes that are that are then signed off by the Parliament. How do you mean? He, if I read correctly what he was saying, he was saying, not only do you need to come back with a new position, but that position... But you need to, to prove been, parliamentary backing for yeah, it. Yeah, that, absolutely. That, yeah, that needs yeah. to have been signed off yeah. by Parliament. I think, that's, I think that's right, because Parliament will have to agree the legislation for uh, the European elections. It's all very... It's, in normal circumstances, if you had a, a government with a decent majority, um, and this is how national negotiations work, is the government will be able to come to Brussels and say, OK, we want a nine-month extension, we'll run the European elections... We don't think it can, we can we can get enough change in three months, but we think we can in nine, um, and hopefully have some sort of story to tell about how they're going to do that. So, I pledge that we will bring legisl- bring legislation for European elections. Now, the problem is if she does that, they'll say, "Well, are you going to get it through? Are you going to get mm. the?" Mm. We know no, we know nobody wants it. We know, I mean, there's not a news. I think only the independent in the press is anything other than negative about European elections. I mean, even The Guardian hmm. thinks it's silly, to, yeah. silly to have them. I don't think it's silly to fulfil treaties and give people representation, personally. Of course it is. Um, but uh, both, neither main party want it. What the fuck do they put in their manifesto? Hmm. <laughs> you know, so yeah, okay. They, but, um, but if Parliament... Yeah, if, if Parliament backs some sort of plan... That that will mean that they'll have to have a long extension and EU and European Parliament elections. Then that gives EU twenty seven some, <coughs> some sort of confidence that uh, that they could agree to that and that the elections would actually take place. 
So, I mean, Peter Foster circulated a room, room, no, 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 Alex Barker, sorry, the FT, circulated a room document, and it was an old room document, but which had been circulated to Co-Repa last week, um, which actually proposed a a break clause in in any extension, that if the UK hadn't held elections by the 1st of July, then whatever extension was agreed and enforced at that point would be be terminated. Mm. Um, And I don't know if they'd actually do that, but I think politically they might state that that was the, the case, even if they didn't put it into an actual decision. Because you can't, you can't be a member of the EU and not elect no. MEPs. Listen, what we, what we need to talk about is how the EU is going to react to a request for, for an extension. Yeah. Because um, everybody is taking it for granted. I mean, we're all talking about, well, will she ask for an extension? What, what will she yeah. ask for? How? As if Parliament chooses what extension yeah. they get. Yeah. yeah. And what we're not doing is talking about how that request is going to land in Brussels. Mm. More, so, people, more, pe- more people are, I've noticed. I, I'm, I'm slightly heartened that th- there seems to be some sort of realisation that, uh, that this is not within Parliament or the government's yeah. gift to just get. Yeah. What there doesn't seem to be a realization about is that there has to be a story. There has to be a story, a roadmap, a plan about how it'll change things. Yeah. And and, pe- and and Tusk said this repeatedly, and Barney has said this repeatedly, and and uh, Guy Hofstad, who we know is very much against anything but a very short extension, actually, yeah. has said this. Um, and there doesn't seem to be an acceptance that that's true. That May May doesn't just have to go and say we couldn't get it through. We need an extension. She needs to actually say what is going to bring it to a conclusion. Well, what, what I'm also what I'm also picking up, uh, maybe it's not universal, but I'm also picking up the sense that most people think that the EU would prefer a long revocation. Uh, I keep talking about revocation instead of extension. Revocation by I'm definition really is long. Yeah. Uh, a, a long extension that um, you know um, that what the EU really would fancy is a nice long, ex- a nice long it's extension. Completely untrue. And I mean, totally untrue. I think people, what people need to do is they need to think a little bit about what a long extension would mean for the EU. Well, think as about usual, what that all would you mean. need to do is put yourself for a moment yeah. in the in, yeah. in the other side's place and think about the concerns. There. Imagine having uh, a large member state with a lot of um, MEPs and a lot of votes uh, in the council that is looking at a future where it's going to be an outside member state. What? Well, this is Jean, this is Jean Claude Pirrie's point actually is that a long, a long extension uh, has the danger of the UK uh, holding the EU to ransom over uh, its its business um, to 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 get movement or to get uh, to get changes in the withdrawal agreement and or, or so on. But I think I think that's why nine months. Looks if there's going to be a long extension, nine months looks much, much more reasonable than twenty-one months, because I mean, obviously, there's a huge amount of work being done now on new regulations for post twenty twenty, from twenty twenty one onwards, and the the new multiannual financial framework needs to be agreed for that as well. But if you needed to, it wouldn't be a catastrophe to put the final votes for that back until after the end of 2019. I mean, last time round, most of the legislation was agreed for 2014-2017 during 2013, and some not formally agreed until afterwards, actually. So I don't think there's a there's necessarily a huge issue with putting it back to beyond the turn of, beyond the turn of the year. 
It's an- that would be annoying but non non fatal. Whereas if it lasted for twenty one months, there would literally be no way to do it. And the difficulty at that point is that so the, so the we know that the E twenty seven have a right to meet in in twenty seven format while the UK is a, still a member state mm. in matters concerning Article fifty. Article Article fifty. Um uh, but there isn't necessarily that right to convene at 27 just to deal with, you know, legislative or financial issues mm. that will happen to be implemented after the yeah. after the UK leaves. Yeah. Um, so, I, so yeah, I mean, I, I think if there's going to be a long extension, my money would be much more on nine months than 20, yeah. 21 months. Um, but the, you're right that it's a total myth that the EU wants an extension. The, EU, the EU doesn't want any doesn't want any extension. Actually. But think about it for a second. Think about what um, an extension means. It means, for example, Macron, who, who, who was elected on this sort of ticket of European reform and has all these grand ideas, none of that can happen until yeah. the UK leaves because nobody's going to start treaty reform or anything serious yeah. work on European reform while Brexit's hanging over them. Think about the budget. Think about discussions about various... Um, think about the, the, the new parliament coming in. Think about the new college coming in with its new work programme and its new priorities. All of that. Imagine how Brexit is going to impact. People want Brexit done and out and gone. They don't want to have to be dealing no, with this. Absolutely. You know, it it it, it is. And they don't see why they should have to either. No. Yeah. No. Absolutely. And and Brussels has moved on. The EU has moved on. You know, when I look at just the the the, the, the small scale stuff in terms of internal management, um, the stuff the work's been done on reforming the personnel sort of status of British officials yeah. of you know people who've been working overseas in EU embassies they've been recalled because you can't have non-EU nationals representing right, the, the EU, EU outside yeah. you know um, what, what happens to those people if for two years more they're still you know what I mean you know do they do they Go to their staff unions and say, "Well, hang on a second. I was pulled back from my you know, nice life in, in 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 Dar es Salaam. I'd like to go back, please. Thank you very much." Or what, I mean, it's and don't forget and don't forget as well that this is this year was meant to be a sort of flagship year of renewal yeah. in the EU. So you have yeah, you have a big new, summit coming up. You summit. have a new parliament. You have a big summit, a big future of Europe summit. Uh, plus, you'll have a new a new commission. So this was meant to be, uh, yeah, this is meant to be a showcase. A showcase year for. We've moved for, on. Brexit's done. We're moving yeah. on. We're, here we go. We're moving on. But I mean, but I still think that I still maintain that having the UK hang around till the end of the year is much less disruptive of an important year than No Deal. But it's not necessarily more disruptive than. I mean, No Deal is not necessarily more disruptive than. The UK hanging on for another twenty-one months. No, I, I think not twenty-one months because of the the MFF, which is the the, the seven-year planning uh, financial planning agreement for the for the EU, the multi-annual financial framework. Um, because if the UK, if the UK's yeah, I mean, ha- having the UK in negotiations and vo- more importantly, voting at the end on that. Is a is is a is a bit of a problem in terms of the 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 legitimacy of that going forward because the UK would be having a vote on something it wasn't going to it wasn't going to 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 pay into so um, so I think that's an issue but but I think that could be done in twenty twenty you know I think I don't think a nine month extension 
is the massive disruptor that people think. And remember, actually, while we're going on, the UK is still sitting in uh, the Environment Committee. UK M MEPs now are still, even now, are still voting on stuff. And nobody's upset about that. I mean, nobody's upset that the UK is still in council working groups. Nobody's upset because it's, because it's a member. And ultimately, members have the rights and responsibilities that go with membership. Um, but, I mean, this is why it's so important that um, that there is a rationale for an extension. Exactly. So if, if an extension is simply about, well, you know what, we're going to keep sort of dancing around the issue and finding a way to, to get our, our MPs to, to vote to leave, I, I just don't think there's an appetite for and that. And this is, this is why I'm not... To in some ways, you could argue that uh, the Burkow ruling, um, the meaningful vote ruling, actually gives the government a get-out, because May can come to Brussels and say, look, I've tried, I've really, really tried, I got movement in the right direction, all right, nowhere near enough, but I got movement in the right direction, but then my hands were, my hands were tied by, by, by the Speaker here. So it's not, I'm trying to avoid no deal here, I'm doing everything I can to avoid no deal. I don't think she is, but she can say she is. And at that point, refusing any extension would sort of be kicking the UK out when it was not in a position to be able to ratify the, the, See, the, I, the, I, the, I the I don't agree with you there. No, I, 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 well, I, no, I think it will. I mean, remember, she'd be meeting with uh, head state and government who have their own parliaments and who've have have their own and who understand a government having having difficulty with. But again, it only takes problem. one. It's not as if you know. It, all it takes. Yes. So well, far that's, well, that's yeah. That's a, a different question. Yes. Whether so, they'll whether they'll move on block. On right. This, yeah. So today, you know, there has been this impressive show of unity, and I think it's important to stress that this is a pretty pretty spectacular show of unity. Oh so God! Far. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a lot of I would say nervousness that that. Can that unity be maintained? Again, there's another reason for a, um, being opposed to a long extension, because the longer you extend, the harder it is to maintain that unity, which has been pretty special and pretty you know, un yeah. un unprecedented. So, and the, 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 and yeah, the spectrum of, not, of, of damage of no deal for the EU, it's, you know, it's not homogeneous across the union, mm -hmm. the damage that no deal will cause. Some things are, but in terms of uh, immediate financial an economic impact. It's very much centered around, you know, Northern France, Belgium, and the and the Netherlands, whereas and Germany, and, and, mm. and Germany. Uh, but even even I mean, in percentage terms, Germany is pretty small compared to the percentage terms for Flanders, for example. So um, so yeah, so the so the interests aren't aren't necessarily identical over the, over the question of an ex yeah. extension. I expect Belgium to say yes, what yes, whatever you want, almost. Because no deal is so damaging to 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 Belgium in a way that it just simply isn't for, oh. for Portugal. But the other, I mean, the other worry from the EU side, from the sort of Commission and uh, uh, Tusk side, will also be that member states hold council to ransom on other stuff to go to go along with a decision on an extension as well. We imagine a horrible situation of. Uh, uh, you know, Poland and Hungary, who are the EU's bad boys at the moment, you know, trying to extract something in, re in return mm. for not wielding, wielding the veto on it, which would be a pretty nasty situation for, for the EU there, I think. No, I mean, that, exactly. And, and also, I think there's a serious nervousness about what happens with the new parliament. 
And if you if you do get a populist wave um, coming into the new parliament, um, it, I think that, that that concern may be exaggerated, but is without a doubt a major concern how that might then shift attitudes, politics, what that might mean for the makeup of the new college, all sorts of things. The thing I think, yeah, it's... It's very. I mean, you can't know these things, but I mean, I don't. Well, you have to be careful. You have to be very careful what you say about this interinstitutionally. But I, I, I don't because <laughs> I don't have a job in any institution. Um, I mean, I think that to some extent, the worries about the parliament are, are to, not to, not one hundred percent, but to some extent, they're sort of internal parliamentary politics. Because it's about groups and the size of the groups and which ones are dominant and how many chairs of uh, of committees you get and how much funding you get, you know. So there's all of these questions internally in the parliament, which which means that they won't be able to settle all these things quickly if the UK is still a still a member, but that the MEP's mandate might end when, well, it would end when the UK left if the UK still then left. Um, so it's entirely understandable that the Parliament worries about these things. It's their job to worry about these things. It's their political job, and it's their politics. I just don't think most of Council is as concerned about Well, maybe not the Council, that. but the Commission does. Well, again, the Commission don't have a vote here. The, the Council has a vote. Now, the Commission have a, now, Parliament and the Commission have a huge influence on this, but ultimately it comes down to the Member States. And the European Parliament doesn't have to deal with most of the consequences of no deal, whereas member states do. Yeah, but if those member states, if the if the leaders from those member states rocking up for a council meeting are from the same parties that won the European election, yeah, uh, but it, it just might change the dynamic. Yeah, it? yeah, no, I, you can certainly have an influence on it, but the um, but ultimately, council, council is a separate and very different institution to well, to Parliament. I think. Anyway, um, all. Well, my point is that it just adds. It's not to, nailed on. I mean, no, absolutely. It, it adds to it adds to the sentiment that people want this to be done. Yeah. They want this over. They don't want this. But that's why. That's why. I mean, yeah. Before the uh, before the Burkow ruling, there was an assumption that it would lose another meaningful vote, not by as much again. And then May would have to come up with some sort of roadmap for, for how she was going to make that not the case in the future. Um, and at that point, uh, Parliament can give her that by, by, by voting, for, voting for something. Now I think she'll go, which is risky on every level, now I think she'll go to Council without that. She'll go to Council saying, look, it's impossible, my hands were tied, there's nothing I can do, we need an extension. Um, so, the, so I think the danger of it not happening is... Is, is is greater absolutely I mean I entirely agree about that the other thing is as you said in Chris Chris said in the pub earlier is what if May goes and does a Salzburg so there are a number of a number of variables so one is um, when it comes to asking whether the EU is going to grant um, an, an extension at all or whether it's going to grant a long one. And we've talked about some of them and, and, and why um, there are some member states who might be a bit cautious. And what we haven't talked about, for example, is the whole issue of whether uh, Aaron Banks 
and Nigel Farage and their lobbying attempts are going to have any impact whatsoever. I just don't think that they have that much influence over heads of state and government, not. honestly. No, I, I think... Here Did you see the, tele- tele- see the Telegraph story today, though, that ERG MPs have been yes. lobbying uh, yeah. EU member state yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. diplomats? So. Yeah. So I, th- I, think, I think the answer to give here is go and listen to um, Ian Dunn on the second Romaniex podcast last week, who, who I think gave the definitive answer to this. There's, he can't really be improved upon where he, he simply says um, nationalists by definition are going to do what's in their own short yeah, yeah, their yeah, own their yeah. own interests yeah. and that doesn't mean that they're going to do what Nigel says it may be that their interests are going to coincide yeah. with his but it's it's certainly not going to be anything to do with him They'll no no I, what, I completely agree and um, usually they won't do something like that without extracting some kind of yeah so okay so that's the second way in which um, uh there might be a problem with an extension. But to me, easily, easily the greatest risk is if Theresa May rocks up in Brussels on Thursday, gives a little five-minute speech, <laughs> after which <laughs> the EU27 look at each other, look at her, belly. and they basically say, you've got five minutes, get your coat, or we unleash the manticore, you know. Uh, <laughs> Release the hounds. <laughs> <laughs> because... We, mm, she's not a natural diplomat, is she? She's not. We know what you know. We we know what she's like. We've seen it at Salzburg, and we saw it again yeah, at Brussels. Absolutely. She she has an almost toxic impact whenever she opens her mouth in Brussels. She is incredibly. Clunky. She's very very bad at making friends and influencing people. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I think that that's the that's the greatest risk. She'll open her mouth and say something, which will which will make the EU basically say, "Well, look, if we give her what she's asking for, we're effectively encouraging her. We have to say <laughs> we've no become to part of the yeah. problem. We're yeah. enabling. Yeah. yeah, it's like taking taking your friend to the booth shop. <laughs> uh, I mean, because the the EU at least at the Brussels end have been. Pretty open that it, that that an, an extension in some form is there if they want it, but with this condition that you, you that they need a reason and they need a, yeah. they need they need some sort of roadmap. Um, I think the, the the key thing is for her not to say things like "trust me" or "this time round it'll be different" or "I am quite clear." That. I am quite clear. <laughs> um, but what is she going to say? I mean, this is the thing is the, the without. Without a, without an amendment for a people's vote, or without Commons agreeing on Common Market Two as a way forward, the, what can she well, what can she offer? I think I think the risk is that she threatens the EU. I think the risk is that no, she... no. But even with the best will in the world, what can she <coughs> offer? That's the point. Unless she's willing to offer one of those things, which I don't, I don't think she is. What she what what could she actually plausibly say? All she, all she, I mean, what she should say is, "I fucked up. I'm very sorry, everyone. We need, to, you know, I need your help to try and rescue this." Um, but she's not going to say she's that because she never says. She never say that. She she can't say anything um, in, 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 along the lines of, "Well, um, I absolutely guarantee and promise that this is what's going to happen." She can't make any promises that's because like, that that has been blown. She can try, but she won't be believed because she's but this, cried, but this, cried wolf this is precisely times. why I think the Burke ruling might not be much of I think it was probably right um, might not be might not be a help in this respect at all because 
because otherwise Parliament would have spent the, would have potentially spent this week voting on what the on on what it really did want, and Parliament still hasn't voted on what it wants yet. Well, why would it have done that this week? Because the meaningful vote would have lo- would have been lost. Yeah, but we already. The, but but that would have only happened if the Ben Amendment passed last week. Oh, but number ten had number ten had briefed that they would be that if it was lost again that they would be uh, indicative votes. Why can't they do indicative votes anyway? It has you know. If, if yeah, but they were, yeah, but that's the point. Is why while while it hasn't happened, while while they haven't lost another vote. You know they won't. They won't do this. So, so that would mean. That's not. So that would John mean. Do, Burkers, so that would mean. Do, no, I'm not. I'm not blaming Burke. I'm just trying to do analysis as to what, whether it's positive, or whether it happens to be positive or negative, in terms of in terms of Remain is what I'm trying to analyse. Um, I, I don't think that they necessarily would have done that. I think they would just try with the mutual vote for. Well, I, no, but I think they would have had. I think they would have felt that they would have to take something to Brussels. Whereas now, what they can take to Brussels is well, there was nothing we do. We were planning to do do something, and we we were stopped from we were stopped from doing it. And Brussels says why? why well, that's the point. But that's exactly my point, Chris. Is that what I'm saying is the chance of a refusal of the deal is a refusal of an extension is now higher mm. because they won't they won't have anything to take. They won't have a story to take to them, and they and they won't. I would imagine they won't think that they need it, and I think that they do. And can you can you really imagine? Can you honestly really imagine the um, commission saying no to even a short extension? I mean, I can't imagine them saying no to a short extension. No? Can you imagine? That? No, not a short. I, no, I don't think the commission is going to object to a short one. But the short, the only point of a short one would be to prepare for no deal. But, right. And what else would there be? There would be no other point. Well, unless May's constant wearing down of people. To get them to vote for the deal to avoid no deal, uh, continue, continue well, to way. work. It didn't way. work with the DUP, mm. but we've seen it over the weekend. We saw ERG people mm. cravenly giving in and saying, "Oh well, maybe it's all right after all. Maybe mm. we can let it through and fuck it up later," which is what I think they were always planning to do. So I think there's potentially going to be an avalanche of people later doing that once they've discovered that the really isn't coming with anything at mm. the last minute. Which for some reason they won't believe. Well, that, that's that's what poor old James Cleverly got so upset about. Poor James Cleverly was like, "Well, it was really harsh of, um, really harsh of um, the speaker to uh, fail to inform MPs that this was that this was going to be the last time they'd get to vote for." A- yeah, sorry, sorry, we didn't tell you that your meaningful vote was meaningful. Someone yeah. tweeted today, which was perfect. Eh? Yeah, oh, brilliant. Yeah. yeah. So, oh, um, we didn't know it actually meant that. Shit. We thought we were just playing party games. Yeah. yeah. If we'd known, of course, we would have voted for it. Even uh, even, even though we spent a week giving interviews about why it was terrible. Yeah. So what, what do we expect to actually come out of council? What do we expect to happen at the press conference on Friday night or whenever? Well, assuming that she hasn't done Salzburg and... <laughs> Done a Salzburg, completely balled absolutely everything up beyond belief. Which at this point you have to assume is the default. It's at yeah. least possible, yeah. Probable, I would say. If she hasn't done that, um, the best that she can hope for is that the European Council agrees to her two-stage extension plan, whereby. Do you think they'll actually go for that? Do you? No, I don't, I don't, I'm not saying that I. No, do you think that I think they would? I'm saying that that's what her best case. Scenario no, do you think the government will actually go for that? I'm. I'm yeah. I was quite surprised about that. Um, I don't think that's a bad. I don't think that's a bad outcome from 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 our point of view. I have to say. Um, 
And how they'll do it, they'll do it with, so they've said, well, they've said that they'll do it with council conclusions. Um, yeah. So there won't be a sort of decision as such. It'll be noted in council conclusions. And then there'll be, uh, if, yeah, you see this thing, normally you would have the decision at the council. Um, whereas now what they're saying is that, well, obviously May will have to go back and actually check that she's got support for this. Mm-hmm. And that's how weakened she is. Um, and then they'll do it, apparently they can do it by written procedure. Yeah, so there'll be a working party next week that will yeah. sort out the details of an extension and then the whole thing will be signed off by written procedure at the very last minute yeah. next week. But um, there was talk this week that there'd be an emergency council, but that yeah. seems to have been scotched. I mean, absolutely nobody wanted that, no. so... No, so that doesn't look on the cards now. Hard to see that. No. And again, let, let, let's just remember, the European Council this week is Wednesday, is Wednesday to Thursday. Was it Thursday, Thursday, to Thursday to Friday? Thursday to Friday. And on the agenda of the European Council are a massive discussion about China based on a, an unprecedented communication that was adopted last week, written by the Commission and by my, my service, the EAS, in the most incredibly short time frame. Um, very unusual, major document. Um, I think Chris, is looking, Chris is looking for a team achievement award here. Well, I didn't, I'm, 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 I'm <laughs> but in addition, in addition, there was um, a conversation about. There is going to be a conversation about growth, jobs, competitiveness. Mm. There's going to be a conversation about climate change. Um, there's going to be a conversation about disinformation. And council conclusions to agree on all of them. Yeah. As well. So there's loads of stuff going on, all of which eclipse Brexit. Brexit is like a little afterthought on Friday that nobody really wants to be dealing with. And yeah. people don't want, you know, people keep don't, this in contact. People, people don't want to be dealing with it. They don't. They really do not. So if they can hand it off to officials to deal with in a working party next week and then sign it all off by written procedure next week. So, so, you know, great, okay, fine. But, you know, that I think is the best that people can hope for. The best that the, the, the UK can hope for is that they say, fine, you get an extension. Here's the extension that you can have. Go away, thrash out the details, come back, we'll sign it off. With the risk, of course, that they don't sign it off if it isn't what they want. But the other, I mean, the other thing about that three plus, you know, three plus six kind of... Uh, short plus long two-stage extension is that that would require leg- that requires legislation even while they have a short extension for the for the parliamentary elections as well um and i don't know if uh, i don't know if people are gonna i don't know if people are gonna go for that um so yeah i mean I, it's impossible to know whether they'll actually go for it or not but she is cause it's kind of yeah I think it would have actually been much more helpful for getting an extension if the meaningful vote had been rejected and Parliament had had discussion on options. Even if it hadn't come to a firm conclusion, it could have at least looked... It, could, it, it could has have at been least rejected been a twice, massively. Oh, yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. But, um, it's, you know, it has. And, I don't know, we, we, we're looking at a situation where... I know we keep saying... The EU does not do last minute in its relations with third countries, but because of because of the nonce, because of the absolute catastrophe that's happening in, in in London, it could quite conceivably be pretty much last minute. 
but if Friday it, week that we know whether or not we're going to leave yeah but if, if, if it's no agreed in council conclusions and cabinet doesn't spit its dummy out because remember um, the parliament have already said that she should seek an extension so there's no question about the, the, the need for parliamentary consent to yeah, the, but, the principle of an extension. So it basically requires cabinet agreement. It doesn't require primary legislation. But if on Friday the EU says you can have an extension on these conditions and then those conditions are taken back to London and London spends the entire week fanning Yeah, yeah, out. yeah. Then, then we're heading for no deal, I think. Well, then we're looking at not knowing until late on Friday whether or not it's well, I don't no think, deal. I, don't think, I think if that, if that really happens, I think it's unlikely we'll know it late on Friday. I think it'll be no deal in that case. I think unless... I mean, I think May, May needs to make the key phone calls to, in Cabinet to have support from Brussels there and then. And then go and then go and tick it tick it off personally when she gets back. I mean, I think if there's any question that you know nine of cabinet, for example, wouldn't support it, then we're heading for we're heading for no deal unless she revokes. In that case, I think pretty grim, huh? Yeah, no, it is grim. I, I, it's, I like, it's only it's really... the future of of the world's uh, world's sixth largest economy, uh, permanent member of the UN Security Council. It's only that. <laughs> I think we're looking at a very stressful week next week. Um, on which point, um, let's just talk briefly about the march on Saturday. Yes, absolutely. Which I'm going on. I'm going on. We hope to see each other there. Yep. Uh, we hope to see everybody who listens to this podcast there. That can. That can. Um, this is actually really important. And there have been issues, and we've shared some of those issues, about the timing, about the branding... There are all sorts of reasons why you might say, you know what, oh, I'm going to sit this one out. I don't want to... No, this this is really important. If you yeah, don't like the fact that it's a People's Vote March or that it's the People's Vote uh, organisation is involved, well, you know what, this is a march to stop Brexit. It just happens to be taking place, as somebody wisely said. This is it just happens to be taking place at exactly the same time and place as the People's Vote March. So go. <laughs> and, they, and they've been good enough to organise it. Yes. So, yeah, absolutely. No, so I completely go. agree. I've been a critic of... of People's vote and of lots of things about this, of, of, of lots of things about people's vote, but also specifically about the timing of this march. But yeah, fuck it, it's what we've got. We've got to, we've got it's, to go. it's we've no got reason to go. not to do it. No, and you know, I mean, for, for both positive and negative reasons, you know, if if we don't get the kind of turnout that we got last year at this march, people will turn around and say, "See, people are settling. People yeah, are, yeah, people yeah, are absolutely. people are coming to terms with this. They're losing interest. They just want this to be done." You know. We've got to show them that no, we're not. We're not settling for this. This still ma- ma- matters to us. And, and I th- yeah, and I, th- I mean, I think that if um, if if the UK does get the extensions that it needs and doesn't prepare for a referendum, then I think the most likely out the l- most likely outcomes are um, a very marginally softer version of Brexit in the. Uh, political declaration, which is non-binding and still needs to be negotiated by a government after we've left. And there's piss all people can do about it after we've left because we'll have to suck up whatever they managed to negotiate mm-hmm. or face a new cliff, cliff edge. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's um, if, if we get into the ext- if we get those extensions, if we don't get the extensions, it's over. I mean, the UK is leaving probably without a deal. Um, but if we do get those, if, if we do get those extensions, uh, the there's not going to be 
I mean, I keep coming, I keep coming across Labour supporters who appear to misunderstand this. That they think an, an entirely new withdrawal agreement could be negotiated by by a new government, mm. or by some, you know, by 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 a Labour government. There isn't going to be a change to the withdrawal agreement. The EU negotiates with member states, with whichever government happens to be in, happens to be in power at the time, um, but it negotiates with the member state, and there can be cha- there can be changes to the political declaration. They've said that all along. You can soften it. You can take out the bit about freedom of movement. You can talk about a close relationship with a single market. You could talk about a customs union. That still needs to be negotiated. We still don't know that's what we'd get. You'd still need the backstop. You still need transition. You'd still need all of the all of the other things that that are in it. And there's no guarantee that it would actually be the outcome because when Labour gets to the negotiating table and it finds that you can't have a close relationship with a single market outside the single market that's any closer than the, the, the one that May was planning, and that you can't have a customs union where the UK has a say in EU trade deals, they're going to have to go back and sell that, and they're not going to want to go back and sell that. So we could be in exactly the same position with the future relationship here. So it's not like the extensions mean that we're going to get, that we're going to get common market too, and it's going to be basically the same as now, and oh, what a shame, we've given up some control, but that's it. That's, that's not the most likely outcome. The most likely outcome is a slight softening, say, on the customs union, which won't mean frictionless trade. It won't mean uh, the harm done to industry isn't done. It'll make it slightly less bad. So it's not like there's some wonderful fucking Brexit. Uh, people, uh, jobs first or people first or for all parts of the UK or whatever coming as a result of the extension. And so that's why we need to still, still march. Um, and if the and if the extension hasn't been granted and it's not going to be granted, uh, then I guess it's the start of the rejoin movement. Yeah. 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 So anyway, look, yeah, it's important people go on on, on Saturday and um, if they can, there's lots of very good reasons why people yeah, can't. So yeah. We shouldn't and, make anybody um, feel guilty for not being able to. No, either. no, of course. I mean, we didn't go last time for good reasons. So you know, uh, but it is it, it is important that if you if you can go and you're and you're wavering. Doubting, you're, you're wavering. wavering. Yeah, just just go. Yeah, so here, here's, I, yeah. here's Remain's biggest critic of people's vote, and I'm going. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. So, um, do we do a quick lie of the week? Lie of the week. We're not going to do the music this time because I'm editing. Oh, you editing? Yeah. Oh, marvelous, excellent. Yeah, well, you, yeah. Well, you can do it if you want. <laughs> I can do it. One of us will edit it. <laughs> <laughs> This is, no, you put the kettle on. No, I did the last one. If, if you hear music at this point, Steve's edited it. If you don't, <laughs> I've edited it. We can do it. Hang on. I don't believe you. You're a liar. Play fucking loud. Live of the week. What have we got this week, Chris? Oh, we got two lines of the week. The first only line of the week, two. Well, that, hell. Um, yeah, two that I could think of. I've actually got an extra one as well. So. Okay. Yeah. Um, Dan Hannan. Dan Hannan. Dan Hannan in the Telegraph wrote never knowingly, not ridiculous. Wrote all sorts of interesting things about Irish history. Um, <laughs> the a Brit-splained Ireland to the Irish. Uh, and they love it when you do that. Oh yeah, they like yeah, that. Yeah, all they? my Irish friends yeah, love it yeah, when you explain yeah. Ireland to yeah, them. Yeah, 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 they love that. Yeah. Uh, no, he 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 went on at great length about how disgraceful it was 
that the EU were now interfering in the internal democracy of countries by getting John Burko to cite Erskine May uh, with a rule set in one, whenever it was 1603. 1604 or something, yeah. So, yeah, that impressive reach to the EU. EU inventing a time machine. Yeah. <laughs> Who was king then? Charles I. 1603. No. Ooh. Ooh. No, that would have been James the First. James the First. Yeah. Oh yes, of course it was. Yeah. yeah. No, no, no. That's seventeen, isn't it? No. Act of Union. No, no, no. Yeah, but the Act of Union wasn't wasn't under James. The Act of Union happened much later. Seventeen oh seven. Oh, but it was James the First, wasn't it? He wasn't the Act of Union. No, James the First was um, was the successor. Ah, to the, yeah, it was um, the, the yeah. joining of the crowns. Yes. Yeah. 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 There's going to be people listening to this going absolutely yeah, mental. We're like, what are you, what are you idiots talking about? Not at least bloody Alan Smith, who I'm meeting tomorrow. Oh, yeah. What were you on about? Yeah, like my my period is um, my period is the Gracchi to the death of Tiberius. My period is Dylan's first album till uh, Cream Split Up. So roughly, yeah, sort of sixty three to sixty nine would be my. That mine's. About 120 to about oh shit I can't even remember about I think when was it about 70 AD no it wasn't yeah about 70 AD Chris is currently looking at me as if I'm going to confirm something to him Let, let's crack on with our lies yeah, of the week because yeah, so. Um, so my second lie of the week it says here Erskine May um ah oh, yeah it was Fake news. Fake news, yeah. <laughs> Somebody tweeted that Erskine May was Philip May, the wife, of, the husband of Theresa May's, Philip May's great great grandfather, and this, of course, sort of, and that he came, he was the Lord, he was the Baron of Farnborough, which, of course, is just around the corner from Maidenhead, which is where. Anyway, so this, of course, went around. Somewhere in the south, apparently. Yeah, so this is a lie, it's not true. Mm. It's such a shame. I know. It was such a sweet, it was sweet beautiful. thing as well. Everybody was like, oh, this is hilarious. Inter-century no, karma. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's not been true. wonderful. Erskine May died without an heir. Mm. I don't know if he died without hair, but he died without <laughs> hair. So my lie of the week was, um, that I'm absolutely certain is a lie, is that after... Now, I don't like, I don't like the gammon word. I know you use it. Uh-huh, I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I just don't think it... I don't. I don't have any huge moral objection to it. I'm just not fond of it. But I think the gammon ball run, as the description of Farage's leave means leave, what? march from well, Jarrow. What's the other one? What's the other one? Wacky racists. Wacky racists. Brilliant. <laughs> so these poor, these poor, poor people were conned into giving Nigel Farage fifty pounds each. Um, to go on this march, why on earth you have to pay fifty pounds to walk along what appears to be an A road grass verge for a few hundred miles is beyond me. But they had to give Farage it. Uh, Farage then walked with them on what can only be described as a living Cold War Steve picture. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. it was. It was a as I set off, yeah. As they set off through these horrific muddy puddles in awful, awful weather. And Farage walked a mile or two with them and then got on a bus and fucked off. Um, and there weren't very many people there. And it, it seems, led by donkeys, who are the, the guys who put 
politicians' previous statements about Brexit on billboards, who we absolutely love, um, have been utterly brilliant in that they're following them round with mobile billboards, <laughs> giant billboard size on the back of vans, mobile billboards with, with what, things Nigel Farage said, like uh, 48, 50, if it was 52-48, it would be unfinished business yeah. and all of this kind of stuff. If Brexit's a failure, I'm going to go and live, live overseas. Yeah. And just basically every photograph there is of this march yeah. has, one of, has one of them, yeah. them in it. It's amazing. And now it seems to be down to about 40 people. It's yeah. day four today, I think, yeah. and it's down to about 40 people near Stockton. That's 30, yeah. I think I think they they count they count forty and said there might be one or two strikers. Photographers and stewards. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, stewards. Yeah, I mean there were nearly as many stewards as there as 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 there were uh, marchers. So these poor people have been conned into it, and then Farage and Hoey and these showers of shit, uh, tithes, all just fucked off. Yeah, they went for the beginning and all fucked off and left these poor unfortunates having paid for the privilege. Of walking in a very small group down a grass verge yeah. for the rest of their lives, it seems. Um, so, uh, but my favourite tweet about this was Isabel Oakshot had said yes. that, uh, in fact, numbers were limited to two hundred for safety reasons. Yeah. Um, so it was exactly the turnout that they'd yeah. that they'd expected. Yeah. yeah. Which was just the worst ex post justification yeah. Yeah. for something I've yeah. ever heard. Yeah. Uh, so she can pull the other yeah. one as well. Yeah, yeah, it's a bit like shot. But these people, so somebody's crowdfunding. I forget who it is. A Remainer is crowdfunding to give them back their money mm. that essentially that they've they've had conned out of them directly by Nigel Farage. So he's got he's moved from conning people into voting a certain way to actually conning them into giving them money for nothing. So, see, I wonder if that's true because they are getting hotel accommodation. And meals. Are they? Yeah, I think so. Really? I think so. Free hotel accommodation? Well, it's not free. I think what's happened is it's been subsidised by... The whole thing's been subsidised by somebody like... Tyson. Maybe Tyson. Vladimir Putin. Well, ultimately Vladimir Putin, yeah, exactly. So I I don't know whether they're having to pay all that on top of the £50, Mm. whether the £50 is their sort of nominal contribution. They've been fucking conned into this, though. And they're, um, and they're drifting off as well. I think, I think it's not... I don't think the money is the issue. I think the fact is that there... It is, it, it, it's like the fire Festival, somebody said. It, it's... <laughs> no, it is. It's that, like, but the whole of Brexit is the fire yeah, Festival. Yeah, yeah. That's the perfect analogy yeah. for it. When you turn up, it's all shit. Yeah. Yes. Except that it's exactly Festival, at least got some cheese sandwiches. Yeah. 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 It's the fire Festival. If, yeah. you, if you've got Netflix and you haven't watched the documentary on the fire Festival, yeah. you really, really yeah. should. Yeah. How to part people from their money? Yeah. It's an object lesson. Yeah. yeah, no, it's it's um, it's an obvious it's an obvious con. It's an obvious con. Um, um, I feel, but I, feel, I genuinely feel really sorry for the people who turned up. No, I do. I feel very because they've been conned again. I don't like seeing people conned, whether they want to be conned or whether uh, whether they're, they're they're negligent in allowing it. I don't mind. I don't care. I, I hate to see any. I hate to see people conned, whoever they are. You're a big softy, Steve. We love you for it. I, I'm quite happy to see those bastards conned, frankly. But um. <laughs> well, I'd rather they were conned than you know. Yeah, exactly. Other people, yes, yeah. but I, ideally nobody would be. And they've been sold a right wrong because they were told it would be a march with Nigel Farage with these other people, and they fucked off and left them. 
in a muddy field, the bastards. On that bombshell. Yeah. I salute you, Steve, with my glass of water. Very bad luck to toast without alcohol. But... Oh, well, we had alcohol earlier. We did. That's, still That's why we're so tired. trace elements still in we're my getting veins. minor hangovers. Yeah. Um, well, thanks very much for listening, everyone. And, um, yeah, hopefully we'll have another we'll have another cake watch later in the week, hopefully. Yeah, hopefully there'll be more week for it. That would be cool. Yeah. Um, but if not, um, then you'll hear me sleep through the next podcast. And either way... Um, we hope to see some of you on Saturday. Yes, absolutely. Yes. And talk to you about it next week. Yep. Next week. Big week. Big week. Good luck, everyone. And um, yeah, hold on tight. Yeah. Good luck. Bye bye.